0: Hey Maggie.
1: Hey what?
0: What do you call a cow that just had a baby?
1: I don't know what.
0: Decaffeinated?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 150. And I am your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This week, it's Board Game Week, and I am joined by two very special guests. One, not so much a guest. She's one of the permanent (laughs) co-hosts. That is Linda Roble, our board game editor. Linda, how are you? I'm doing well. Hello, everyone. And you have, you are minus how many walls right now in your home?
2: Oh, oh, many, many. many we many have many walls. <laughs> many walls are down. There are, per, per, there are. They have framed up some support temporarily till beams can be put in so that walls don't fall down and roofs don't fall down. But it is quite the project of destruction.
0: Sure. Um, I mean, because who, who wouldn't want that? So those those folks <laughs> who are interested in, in keeping up on the uh, the struggles, um, they can follow you on Instagram, and that would be, what is it?
2: It is Dragon Rose DragonRose720. 720, 720. okay. Yes, and as we go through, uh, as new things happen, I am posting updates and photos and a little description of what is transpiring with, the house so it's quite exciting
0: yeah and i mean you're a good follow on instagram anyway um by nature of the fact that you do post a lot of cool stuff I mean, you're, a te- you're a teacher you're a board game editor i mean there's a lot of stuff going on so you you got some good stuff going on so definitely a good follow there uh but the specialist of special guests we have aaron dean you are uh it's exciting because you are both an author and soon to be museum curator
1: uh i'm thinking executive director oh, but okay. uh almost almost close close but yeah thank you so much for having me on the show
0: super super hype to have you on here um you're wearing many hats um and you're doing the media tour um you know to kind of you know fit, wrap up your kickstarter for your book and you've started this some would say insane process of creating a museum uh for board games um that's going to be the back half of the show i want to talk about your book because i am fascinated with you know the the process of you know gathering up all these creators and interviewing them etc that must have been an interesting logistical process just to get that all done and then i want to talk about this museum because um i want to go there one day so i want to know what to expect awesome that sounds great um but uh before we do that I do want to take a moment to thank our listeners. Um, Thank you very much for listening this week. Uh, We hope the games you've been playing have been great. I'm still playing Spider-Man, so that makes the games I'm playing by default awesome. Um, We do want to make our podcast more interactive, though, so please feel free to reach out to us on social media the very best way to reach us is to hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash engage family gaming leave us a message and myself my producer or one of our other community managers will respond to you we like topics feedback um, comments questions etc nothing's off limits well I mean I'm not going to say nothing's off limits people but come on so um, (laughs) I mean I I should know better I, I create content on the internet I should know better than to say nothing is off limits but come on guys be reasonable so, this week it's board games. So, why don't we go around the horn? Have either of you played anything interesting recently? Erin, I think you've been on a, a Marvel kick, to my understanding.
1: I have, I have. Um, this weekend I had some friends over and we played Hail Hydra, which is a party social deduction game. Uh, it's kind of like Secret Hitler meets Marvel. Okay. And um, very fun, Uh I really like the components in the game. I love the fact that at any point in the game, you can reveal that you're a Hydra agent and say, Hail Hydra, and flip over your loyalty disc and say, yep, I'm on the bad side, but I'm going to damage the city five times. And you can play that strategically and announce it strategically. And I've been having a lot of fun with that, playing that. And then I recently picked up a game. Like you said, I've been on a Marvel kick, and I picked up a game called Five Minute Marvel, which is the sequel to a game called Five Minute Dungeon. Okay. And it's a game that uh, you have to defeat all the bosses in five minutes. And it comes with a companion app. And all this particular game has all Marvel bosses and Marvel heroes you play, and I'm really excited to play it.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm totally... oh, It's in my cart right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, literally, you haven't even played it. And you described it to me, and I was like, "I'm all in." Um, so yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I literally just threw it in my cart. Um,
1: so. My friends always get mad at me because I'm always telling them or l- teaching them new games, and they're like, "Well, where'd my money go?" And um, but and I also I I live in St. Louis, where Miniature Market is literally. Five minutes from me so it's very dangerous it's very dangerous
0: (laughs) they have so they have a that's right they have a storefront right
1: yep that opened up in April or March of this year and yeah they have a superstore where you can order all you want and then say pick up in St. Louis so I don't pay for shipping so Uh, sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad you know what I mean so it's um,
0: always good it's just dangerous it's always exactly board games are awesome but but your checkbook gets real mad, I'm sure. Oh yeah, the so maddest. It's just the maddest, um, and your and your shelves also get angry. Um, but whatever, they're inanimate objects. We don't have to worry about their feelings. Um, so yeah, that's and that's right. man five minute Marvel. Um, just the art. Listen for the folks listening. We obviously can't describe the art on this game super well. Um, you know, but it is cute. And it is, you know, it's got a wide variety of Marvel characters. Obviously, it's focused on the Avengers, but it has Squirrel Girl in it. Ms. Marvel is Spider-Gwen. It, um, that's a that's those are some deep cuts, although I guess Spider-Gwen and, and Squirrel Girl are getting less deep cut as the years go by. Um, but uh, do you know what? Actually, let's. this is the true test. Linda, do you know who Squirrel Girl is?
2: I have heard of her.
0: OK, that's the Linda test. We have this thing, Aaron, called the Linda <laughs> test, where if Linda has heard of them, it's not really that deep of a cut anymore.
1: Oh really? I love yeah. it. It's I love like
0: that. Um it's the it's our version of the mom test. And I mean that with the utmost love and respect, Linda. You know that. But um <laughs> Oh of course. But she's also a first grade teacher, so she knows more about Fortnite than probably either of us combined. That's um, awesome. For better or for worse. Can you do the dances yet though, Linda?
2: Thankfully, that's the only part of Fortnite my kids have been talking about. Right, Both so. my children at home and my children at school.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's <laughs> I'll take it. It's crazy. <laughs> um, the local library is doing a uh, program where they're having a local dance studio come in and teach the kids how to do it. Um, I'm gonna go. Because I want to learn how to do the orange justice or whatever the crap it is. I don't know. Um, it'll make good Instagram content, right? Like, that's really what it is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those. So anyway, um, five-minute Marvel. I didn't mm-hmm. know it existed, Aaron, until you told me, and you basically just sent me a bill for 24 bucks. Um, well,
1: I can't say I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know.
0: <laughs> you're not, you know what? Don't, don't apologize. It's great. That, of all the things you could have done, that's really not the worst. Let's talk about this miniature market. So so you can go online, you buy from miniature market, and just pick up mm-hmm. at the store. Is it just like like a window and you just pop up, or is there like a store where you can browse?
1: Oh, it's a big store. I mean, I think it has like, I don't know, like 5,000 square feet, 4,000 yeah. square feet. So it's like a big store, and then the other half of it is a huge gaming area so like oh, that's awesome uh, we have I actually host a board game night twice a week on Mondays and Wednesday nights there uh, so I, ro- I run their board game club and um, yeah it's a great place and it's definitely my friendly local gaming store that's for sure
0: that's I mean that's that is a very large friendly local game store but hey you know what if you got miniature market in your backyard you got to take advantage of it so that sounds awesome to me Linda road trip
2: that might be a thing. Let's Summer just, road
0: trip. Let's just go. Well, I mean, we eventually have to go because we got to go to this museum. So, True. Um, so, Linda, what have you played? You've been so playing have, some older stuff.
2: Yes. I've done older stuff, but I did pull out one game that I actually got last fall at BFIG um, called Takeout. Uh, it's called Takeout. It's a card game. And the premise is you're trying to basically make a set of food. So you're trying to collect six different kinds of food uh, with your cards. Is this from Sweet Sour.
0: Games?
2: No, this is from small, monster, oh, okay. small Monsters Games. So this is something that they had. Um, it, had, I think it had just come off a of Kickstarter last year, but okay. I'm not certain on that fact. Uh, but you're trying to collect different types of foods. And so it's basically just, you know, draw. You can have event cards that do different things. It's a pretty straightforward game. Nice, light did beer you, and pretzels kind of you game play it with the or boys? juice boxes and yeah i was about what to was say
0: that? Did you played it with the boys
2: no i actually was at my sister-in-law's and we were playing it with the adults first to just get the flavor of it um but definitely something i can play with the boys so it's either beer and pretzels or juice boxes and uh cookies
0: i mean i mean that sounds good to me um so i mean um so are you're getting ready to go to b fig this weekend huh i am and you're going without me this time because I have to go to a wedding.
2: Yes, you will be sorely
0: missed. Um, you'll be all right. You can handle it. Um, it's just MIT. I mean, really, you'll be you'll be fine. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I have not played anything new, although I have a giant stack of games uh, because Breaking Games sent me Expand City, which, by the way, the box on Expand City is. It's like four pizza boxes stacked on top of each other. Aaron, this game is bananas big.
1: Oh yeah, seen? I I actually one of um my fellow board gamers at Miniature Market played it. I didn't get. I was playing another game, but I saw it set up and it looked. I, I could definitely see it being a super heavy box.
0: Yeah, I mean it's huge. You know what? It's not as heavy as I expected it. Like, so when I got home, you know, the box came in and my son took it out of the box and left it on the table. And like, I expected it to be this big, just monstrous thing. Um, And it's, you know, it's really not that crazy heavy. It's just ginormous um, because of all the pieces and, you know, all that stuff. Right. Um, The components
1: are really cool.
0: Oh, they really are. Right. Like it really feels, I mean, I have not gotten it to the table yet because there's just been so much shenanigans. I'm hoping soon. Um, cause obviously we have to review it. They sent it to us. Um, but it is, um, you know, the components look amazing. It really has like that SimCity feel. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it is able to emulate that obviously in, in some way. Um, but have Aaron, have you played uh pioneer days from, uh, uh, tasty minstrel?
1: Oh, I, 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 picture the box art because i remember looking at it in the miniature market website yeah um but no i haven't personally played it is it any good
0: uh, i would recommend it yes um so i can okay. say that you know i don't think i've talked about that in depth on the podcast um it's oregon Trail. i mean for it's not oregon trail the board game because there is literally an oregon trail the board game right right um, but this is another oregon trail themed game where you are essentially you know you are playing a, a settler that is traveling through the, the West, trying to get to uh, the West Coast. Um, it's done over a series of four weeks. Um, what I find interesting about it, and this is what I, I definitely recommend it to folks, especially people who really like kind of engine building games, because um, that's really, to, to me, that's what it felt like. Um, it, it's one of those games that it is, it is super fun. It looks more intimidating than it is. Um, yeah, it's you know, like when yeah. you set all the pieces up and you start reading the the rules. This is one of those ones that you you know you might be tempted to just say, "Oh man, this is too much," and just put it away after you get it set up.
1: That just, makes me think. That makes me think of Dinosaur Island. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, is that a monster to set up? But once you like are taught the game, it's like it's really simple.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, that's another one that I'm well, one of these days. I mean they'll reprint it at some point. Um, the uh the with Pioneer Days, it's literally my advice to everybody. And I think, I mean, I'm sure somebody will have it at a table at Miniature Market at some point. Um, Force yourself to go through like two turns. That's the best I can say. Just do two turns and then restart if you feel like you have to. It is so fun. Um, You know, it's really neat just the way that everything's balanced because it's, to a degree, it's semi-cooperative in one portion of every person's turn. But then the rest of the time, it's all, you know, you're getting everybody. Um, so it's really interesting that, like, you have to compete, but every once in a while you got to kind of be like, well, we got to cooperate so that we don't screw all of ourselves over. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah, I really, I really dig that. Because um, normally, you know, it's either a gotcha game or it's not. This one, you know, you, you, it kind of depends on what phase of the turns and things like that. I think it's really neat. Um, and that's uh, Pioneer Days from Tasty Minstrel um you know full disclosure they did send us that for review but man it is it is really good i highly recommend it aaron um and linda i don't know have you played that with us
2: not yet we have to get a game day on the calendar
0: yeah we actually do well that's yeah i mean you know it'll be good we'll, while you
2: uh you and john are chilling out and trying to recover
0: yeah when we're both hurt well i'll be, i should be recovered within three days he's the one that's going to be laid up for however long. three months yeah um <laughs> so um so anyway, I think that, I mean, that's, I think that's just about everything. This is, we're getting into the holiday season. Um, the the only game that's on the horizon, other than 5-Minute Marvel, um, that's on the horizon is Reef, that I'm probably going to be picking up. Um, have you played Reef, Aaron?
1: Um, I've been wanting to get it to the table. I don't own it, but I remember yeah. it came out at Origins, and I was really intrigued by it, but... Uh...
0: It's like the end yeah. of this week. It should be at friendly local game stores. Yeah, this is, a Reef is one of those, it's by the same people that made Azul, Linda. Yep, and uh, I okay. own that
1: one. I own that one. That's yeah, good.
0: Azul, we gotta get, we, we actually have to have a copy of it in one of our houses at some point. Um, I, I'm, I think it's safe to assume that Christmas will not happen without one of our families having that game. I think You're probably like, right with that. I think, because that's like, his, Aaron, it's funny because Linda and I, you know, obviously there are some companies that send us stuff, but there are many that don't. And the, our wish lists are very small, but we're focused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyways, I think that's around the horn. Folks, this is what I would say. Um, If there are games you want us to talk about, even older ones... Throw us a message, um, you know, because, you know, we play games a lot. However, you know, we want to talk about what you want us to talk about. So please send us a message if, on Facebook and let us know if there are older games that you want us to revisit. Um, we would love a to-do list. Linda loves her to-do list. Trust me. <laughs> I'm <coughs> um, a
2: list maker, too. Linda. Oh, listen, nice. Too. I, I'm forbidden to give my husband lists at this point because I'm such a list person. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Listen, Aaron. Um, yeah, it's. I've been there when she's done the list thing. It's, uh, you know, it's intense. That,
2: that was years there. ago though. I've learned.
0: I've learned. Yeah, well, that's fine. She's learned. She's learned. <laughs> she's learned. I, but I've, we've known each other for almost 15 two, years, <laughs> almost two decades. Um, so that's how she's willing to put up with me. And she's known. <laughs> that's me impressive. Long enough. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, know, I, don't even, I don't know how she does it. So, um, all right. So let's take a break. Um, John can put something in. And then we'll come back. I want to, you know, we've talked enough about, you know, various board games. I want to talk about Aaron's projects because you're working on two things because you obviously don't like to be bored. Um, No, I do not. Yeah, that's fine. And and good things are coming into the world as a result of your not wanting to be bored. So that's fine for all of us. So we'll come back. Let's talk about your book. And we'll talk about this crazy museum idea you got. How about that, guys?
1: That sounds great. great.
0: All right. We'll be back in a minute, folks. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 150 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. We're still here. We're still talking about board games. I'm still Steven, still here with Linda, and still here with our special guest, Aaron Dean. Aaron, how are you?
1: I'm great. I'm loving this show so far. I'm having a great time.
0: Good. Good, and I, I, and even if you're just saying that, it's fine. It'll play well. It plays well on the recording. So, <laughs> no, I'm serious. This oh, okay. is fun. All right, good, good. Thank you. Um, so, I made a lot. I've made the joke probably too many times since we've been gotten on Skype that you clearly don't like to be bored. Um, but it's true. You have two very big projects. One of them is you have written or in the and are in the process of publishing a book that is currently on Kickstarter as we speak. Let's briefly talk about that. What's your book project?
1: Yep. So I am the author of For the Love of Board Games, which is a book for board gamers that explores how modern popular board games were created by interviewing the designers behind the games. So I interviewed uh, 53 designers. I wish it was a even number, but it ended up being an odd number, but that's okay. That's right. And I, I interviewed... Um, a lot of the industry's top designers: Richard Garfield, Jamie Stegmeier, Bruno Catala, uh, Reiner Kaninzia, Matt Leacock, just to name a few. And um, I Those started are some this project.
0: Yes, Those yeah. Those are some names.
1: Uh, and I started this project back in February of this year. Um, wow. Okay. I it had been a year since I released my board game documentary, The Board Game Boom, which has over 30,000 views on YouTube and um we it was basically a documentary version well not i shouldn't say that but it was basically a documentary exploring how modern board games why they're rising in a digital culture and i was thinking to myself man i want to do another board game project so i thought maybe i'll write a book i've never written a book um and maybe it'll be fun to you know interview people but in book form um so i just reached out to some designers um did a little digging on finding their contact in, yep. and um i even interviewed like designers like um who designer from of downforce el grande um some just some names or games to that he's designed and um yeah it's been a lot of fun and um I, I I encourage uh, those who are interested to check out the Kickstarter. Uh, but, yes, it is almost – it's coming to a close, and um, it's just been a project that I've been really happy to work on.
0: Well, it sounds awesome. I mean, so 53 Design – I mean – for for those that are listening that might not know necessarily all the names i mean that's next level stuff to know the designers behind some of your favorite board games um richard garfield for example is the guy behind magic the gathering (laughs) for just a little game just a little thing just a little (laughs) little you know little 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 side project you know i think it might have a future though Aaron. Um, you yep. know, it's got some potential, um, but also it definitely I mean, does. But he's also super prolific, and there are a lot of folks that only know him by that. But he's done tons of other stuff. Um, uh, he did Keyforge, right?
1: Yeah, well, that's his latest game his that latest he's thing. releasing, and he's done Robo Rally, Bunny Kingdom, uh, a lot of different he ones. Did something um, with
0: the Titan Project. What was his Titan Project game? Didn't he do a Titan game? Or have uh, you not done his Titan game yet?
1: I'm not sure. I can't recall.
0: Yeah, either way. They've done... I mean, he's done... It's possible. Yeah, I mean, he is super prolific. Awesome that you got a hold of him. Um, so 53 designers, all very... You know, I mean, getting a hold of 53 creative types and, um, <laughs> like, nailing them down to be able to interview them had to have been a scheduling nightmare. Like, how did you do that?
1: Well, in my day job, I'm actually a project coordinator uh, for a video production company, and I do a lot of scheduling for our video shoots. So I I love scheduling things, meaning, like, I love kind of putting... A puzzle together, like kind of juggling, okay, we got to be here on this uh, date, you know, for this shoot, and we got to take these flights. And so something like this project is right up my alley, where I kind of have to do a scheduling, what some people would call a nightmare, but I find it really fun. Uh, But yeah, I was just patient with it. You know, I didn't have a deadline. I was just, you know, when they could do it, you know, if that was four weeks from when I contacted them, it was four weeks. Um, And I just kind of took my time with it you know, targeted the designers that I wanted to talk to. And um, when it was done, it was done. And uh, I think I wrapped up interviewing and, like, you know, I started in February and I was done in, like, May.
0: Okay. So you're a spreadsheet type of person.
1: Oh, definitely. And a list maker and all that <laughs> sure. stuff. <Yep>. Sure.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so – Now now I understand how you did this. It was all, you know, spreadsheets and lists. Makes total sense to me. So what was the... So were there days where you were doing just back-to-back interviews?
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Some of the interviews I did via Skype, um, and then other interviews I just did via email for the designers' convenience. So it was kind of 50-50.
0: Okay. Um, Was there any... Is there any you know, interview that really stuck out for you is like one that you were super excited to do or that went really well.
1: Oh yeah. Um, one that comes to mind is when I interviewed Evan Derrick of van Ryder games. Um, and we talked about his board game. It was on Kickstarter, I believe earlier this year called detective city of angels. It's kind of like a detective game set in 1940s or fifties LA. Um, and we talked about the inspiration behind the game, and he talked about how his wife's bag was stolen out of their car, like her sketchbook, and she's an artist. And, oh, man. Um, so being the heroic husband he was, he... Uh, kind of got in the mind of the robber, and it was like, okay, well, I wouldn't walk down this way because the restaurant's there. I'd probably go down this dark alley, and uh, maybe I'd go this way. And he kind of almost got in the mind of the robber, and he ended up finding the bag ditched in a dumpster. And he was like, I want to create a game that gets, where you get in the mind of a criminal or a robber, and uh, you really have to put your detective hat on. And that was one of the main inspirations for the game was this real life scenario he was in.
0: Wow, I mean that's that is wild. Um, Really, I mean that's got. I mean I can't wait to read the book. Um, So I will definitely be pre-ordering just because I want to hear some of these stories myself. I will say one of the the you know I've got 150 episodes into this podcast. One of my favorite things has been getting you know, some creative folks on here and, like, talking to them about their babies, right? Like, I find that board game designers, um, especially, like, really take their work personally, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so being able to ask them why, they, I mean, Linda's heard me do it a dozen times or more where I say, all right, so why did you make this? And I don't mean it in a pejorative way, right? Like, you want to know, like, why this? Because if you're a game designer and you're good at it, you can make anything you wanted. So like, right. Why did you make this thing? Um, and hearing those answers is super cool. And so I, I am, you know, now that I've spoken to you and kind of know where you're at, I, I can't wait to read this book just because I want to hear, you know, what information you were able to pry from these creatives' minds.
1: Right. Um, and this is this is a book, too, where it's like before your game night, oh, we're playing, we're playing um, Scythe or we're playing Escape the Curse of the Temple or whatever you're playing. You're like, oh, I can flip to page 53 and i'm gonna read a little bit about it and you can kind of impress all your friends with kind of the backstory of the game and like the fun facts behind the games that maybe they don't have insight in
0: i mean listen insight i mean knowing more about why a game is the way that it is is super rad um you know what do you think linda well
2: this is just super fascinating to me as 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 I'm going through the list that's on Kickstarter right now, it's, I love how you listed each designer and then the, the games that they've created. So it's all right there. So mm-hmm. you can see the diversity and seeing something like, uh, Phil Walker Harding, who did sushi go and Imhotep, hope It's like, I wouldn't have thought the connected, same design, you know, yeah. connected those two. And it's just, it's so neat to see just the list. And it just makes me want to delve deeper and, you know, hear the, the backstories on these. So definitely a must read.
1: And one thing I found really interesting is, like, are you a mechanic or theme guy? or you a mechanic first or mm-hmm. theme first? And it was really right down the middle. I'd love to almost do some, like, pie charts with some of the answers, you know? And, like, seeing the variety of, you know... That'd be neat as, like, an appendix.
0: Yeah. Something to go, like, break down some of the, the details. Here yeah. I am thinking that would make a really cool... Because, um, yeah, I mean, you have 53 people... And all their games for me, you know, you gather enough data about all of those games. That's like a a, a pretty reasonably sized Instagram account full of like infographics and charts and pie charts and pictures. Like for me, <laughs> oh, it's yeah, just yeah. like you could totally use that as, you know, that could be that could be super rad. Um, you know, I, I may or may not have started the the spreadsheet. Probably not as fancy as Aaron's spreadsheet. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure Aaron's spreadsheet game is strong, um, but I started working on my own Instagram project that I'll tell you about later, Linda, because you'll appreciate it. Um, it's a STEM okay. project involving Pokemon. You'll love. Oh this. my! Um, and I'm. It's a thing. <laughs> We're gonna do it, and you're gonna help me. You just don't know yet. Um, Clearly. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, sorry. Um, so it's, Aaron, it's my job. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Aaron, like, so did. When you started... So, you started this in February. I mean, the fact that you started this in February, and it's September. That's seven months. you That's a... Do you sleep? That's impressive. Do you sleep?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I get eight hours of sleep every night.
0: <laughs> Is that... I mean, so and so you obviously work because you work as a production manager for a film company. Are you just super efficient? I mean, I have, I'm like getting a, a huge amount of respect for you. Not that I didn't respect you to begin with, but I, like, I'm, I'm starting to think you're like a superhero.
1: Well, you know, I don't, I don't have kids at this point, And, uh, it's just me and my boyfriend. And, um, you know, that time that we would, you know, spend, you know, going to soccer games or school functions, you know, when I have free time, I'm either playing games or working on these game projects, you know, on the weekends and in the evenings, and it's really all about just managing your time. And it's so easy to do these projects when you're passionate about it. And I'm so passionate about board games that it just—I'm driven to make the time for it.
0: Fair enough. And you know what? You, I mean, I—I I say, oh my goodness, how'd you find the time? And here I am running a website and recording a podcast with 150 episodes. So it's not—I uh, we're kindred spirits. You're just. I wish I had an like an eighth of your drive. Um, I would probably be doing this full time. Um, so the so that's your book. Um, so the Kickstarter is going to end before is going to be over before this goes live. But you you had mentioned something before we uh, formally started recording that there's going to you're going to still do pre-orders. The Kickstarter is just you know getting it published, but you're going to still do more.
1: Yep, so um, if you miss the campaign, which um, it will be done by the time you hear this, you can still go to the Kickstarter page and um, pre-order. There will be a pre-order button at the top um, that you can still um, get the book with the Kickstarter backers.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in on that. Um, and I think everybody should. So... You know, we'll definitely put a link to um, and you will, that'll be that'll appear on the Kickstarter page when it's completed. Yep. OK, good. So we'll make sure that we put a link to that in the show notes <laughs> so that folks can take a look at that. Um, I think that that is a um, you know, I, I think that's definitely something that some of our uh, listeners will want to take a look at. Um, I certainly know I do, at the very least, so it'll be a good reminder for me. Um, so that's your first board game project. Your second board game project um, is that you are starting a museum, a board game museum. Specifically, a national board game museum. Um, that's a, an enormous undertaking. Why on earth would you do that? To yourself. Oh,
1: <laughs> I asked myself that, you know, I, I, you know, I really, I think I pride myself in is I, I try to find projects that no one else are, is doing for this industry. Sure. Um, you know, with this book, you know, just with the success of the Kickstarter, it's told me that people are kind of craving this type of content, this behind sure. the scenes type of content to games. They want to know more. They want to uh you know experience more about games and um you know i was still working on my book and i was you know coming up i always come up with ideas whether they're good or not that's another question but one of the ideas i had was there should be a professional networking group for board game marketers and i kind of looked into that a little bit and i'm like it kind of dawned on me, is there even a museum for board games? And I did a little research and I was getting like two results. The Strong Museum, which has a little, uh, has a games exhibit and they have the largest collection of board games in a museum. Uh, They're the National Museum of Play, but board games is, you know, far from their focus. Uh, They do toys, dolls, just play, you know, uh, in general. And then there is another museum in Oregon and uh they focus on games and puzzles but what they're doing it's just it's kind of far from the vision i have for the national board game museum they're a museum where you kind of walk in it's almost like a cafe a board game bar and cafe where you can just go in and um take games off the shelves and play them it's not really a it's still a non-profit but it's not the museum that i'm picturing uh So there were there weren't a lot of results when I did a did research and I'm like, I kind of sat with the idea for a few days. um, And then I just had this feeling in my stomach like I have to do this. I I can't not do this. So and that was two months ago. So here I am now um, and we've made some progress We've filed for incorporation. Uh, We're filing for 501c3 status very soon. I've been forming my board of directors. um, And uh, we're going to be starting fundraising soon. And uh, it's just a lot of... I've been telling people it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So um, that's kind of the approach I'm taking to it.
0: Sure. So, I mean, this is obviously going to have a physical location.
1: Yes, yes.
0: All right. I mean... That was an assumed but I had to ask it. And so it's going to be nearby to you in St. Louis.
1: Uh, not totally definite, but I, I, it's, it's probably going to end up in St. Louis. Yes.
0: Sure. Okay. So, um, so I can understand, you know, when, you know, moving as the spirit moves you. Um, so I get that, you know, and it, clearly this, <clears throat> there is a need. Um, because there really isn't one and board games have a really interesting history and they have one that, you know, there are some, Yeah, be, as I am sure you have found out over the last handful of months, I mean, there are a lot of stuff that's somewhat contentious, some things that are not necessarily agreed upon. This gives a real opportunity for some real research to be done and, you know, to really provide some really cool information in a really mm-hmm. interesting way. So I'm as, um, at my background is in anthropology, so like the idea of you know having a real place where you know we can you know like this stuff can be kind of studied and displayed and kind of put together to really show kind of the heritage of board games, like where they came from, where they're going. I think that sounds awesome. Um, so you're you're assembling your board of directors now. Um, like, do you have any idea what kind of content you want to include in this thing yet? Do you have like a dream board? yet where in your mind you know kind of where you want to go or are you just saying we're making a museum there's obviously stuff that is worthwhile putting in this museum but i don't know what it is yet
1: i mean i definitely have a vision for what i you know being a gamer would like The museum to include. But I also think that the possibilities are endless with this museum. Um, There really are so many different avenues we can go on. And this is a museum that I want every time you come there to be something new and something fresh. And it's not going to be your museum where it's like the same old, same old, every single time you come in, it's going to have rotating exhibits. And, um, you know, our intention is that we want to be a please touch museum, not a Please don't touch museum. You know, obviously there's going to be early versions of games where obviously people can't, like, get their fingerprints all over it. But overall, we want to be a super interactive museum where people can not only learn but play.
0: Sure. That sounds great to me. I mean, well, the, the good news is, um, we you know, what with 3D printing and, um, you know, the the quality that can be, you know, generated with modern craftsmanship, like we could probably create some pretty – reasonable replicas of some of those old games um, so that people can really kind of play with something similar, even if they're not playing with the exact same stuff. um, So uh, that sounds perfectly reasonable to me. I mean, have you uh, secured any, you know, interesting, you know, artifacts yet? You know, like maybe even verbally people saying, yeah, I've got this thing. You can have it.
1: Uh, Not yet. We're on the kind of on the brink of uh, of that process. So. Uh, we're going to be c- creating a collection development plan um, with uh, some people, and we're going to be talking about, you know, kind of what our guidelines are going to be for what board games can make it into the museum. Sure. Kind of our dream list of, you know, this is what we want. If you have it, let's talk type of, you know, situation. Absolutely. Um, but we haven't per se started our collection yet. Um, sure. But we're in. We're definitely working towards that and uh we'd love for people to donate um you know work with people on uh donating their games to the museum if it if we see it fit
0: sure well that sounds that sounds great um the i mean is there so maybe you haven't secured any donations yet is there like one thing that you think just absolutely needs to be in this museum
1: Oh, definitely. I think we'll start the National uh, Board Game Hall of Fame. So I'm picturing, like, you know, you walk down this ginormous hallway and there's all these board games and, you know, behind glass with, like, velvet carpet and lights on it. And when you're walking at your feet, you're going to see the kind of Hollywood Boulevard of stars, but they're going to be board game designers. Um, And... You know, maybe the symbol, just kind of like on the Hollywood um, Boulevard, where they have, like, if they're in TV, they have a little TV symbol. If they're, you know, movies, they have a little reel. Maybe we'll, like, make symbols for each designer based on, like, their their most used mechanic that they use in a game or something. I don't know. But um, I definitely want to do that. Um, I want there to be a big um, kind of gaming portion of the museum where we can host national tournaments for games. Um And obviously the most space is going to be the exhibit space uh, where we have our rotating exhibits. And I want to focus on the classics. You know, the classics kind of get some hate sometimes, but I want to focus on the classics. But I also want to focus on modern games, too. I think it's kind of going to be, you know, there's going to be a timeline and, uh, you know, seeing board games and how they've evolved through our history. But we don't we don't want to just go up to Catan. You know, we want to focus on even more modern games than that. Um, so I'm very excited for this and I think, um, a lot of gamers are going to, um, be really interested and in seeing where this takes off.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, listen, uh, I can say I am already excited to see where it goes. Um, <laughs> and you have a really, you know, you, you haven't, you don't have artifact one yet. So, and I'm all in, so, uh, this is a super cool project. I, I can tell you, um, you know, some group of us will certainly be there within the first months of operation once you get that done, because I'm pretty hype about it. Linda, what do, what are your thoughts on this? Do you have any questions for Aaron? This sounds
2: just so interesting. Um, I, Unfortunately, I can't seem to take off my educator hat. One of the things I was wondering is, did you have any consideration for any kind of online component for those that maybe couldn't travel there easily? Um, my first thought was, like, there's another podcast that I've listened to where there's a High, middle school or high school teacher that does teach uh, board game design and I'm my first thought was oh my goodness if she can't do a field trip there if it's too far could she do a virtual field trip and so I don't know if that's anything you've considered that piece of like the virtual piece of the museum
1: yeah I have actually not considered that too much so I mean obviously I want the museum to have an educational component for sure mm-hmm. but I haven't thought about like people who can't make it, how we make an interactive kind of online experience too. That's a really good point, And I'm gonna make note of that. And I think having just like some assets for them to use or print out mm-hmm. or, um, and maybe some like videos that we create on our website that they can pull up on their projector or something. That mm-hmm. would be really cool. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, so I, I love that you brought that up. Thank you. Um, yeah,
2: no, that just sounds so interesting with being able to, you know, Call together these different components. Um, so I don't really have any. Steve did just an amazing job of asking all the questions that came to mind. So. Oh,
0: wow! Isn't that that's a, that's very nice of you, Linda. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Um, it's it's, so it's almost like I'm a podcast host. I met the minimum. Like you've done re- this once or twice. I met the minimum requirements for being a podcast <laughs> host. I asked a bunch of questions. Well, it doesn't hurt that I. This is the you know this is the kind of stuff I, you know, I'm, I mean I've been to a museum or two. Um, I was never uh, brave enough to try and create one. That's a rare breed of human being. Um, fortunately, I was able to get one of those people on my podcast. So um, it is. So for those that are interested in learning more about it, where should they go, Aaron? Let's say they want to get you know they want to get on a mailing list or something. What should they do?
1: Yeah. Um, whether you want to just stay updated with the museum or you want to be more involved whether that's on a volunteer basis or donating games or whatever it may be, you can go to boardgamemuseum.org and join our mailing list where we, we will be updating you on our process and um, where we're at. Uh, we also uh, encourage you to join our social media pages. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And our social media um handle is museum for games. So that's museum F O R games. And, um, as far as if you want to, you know, kind of ask us any questions or anything like that, you can message us via social media or you can, there's going to be a, there's a contact us button on our website where you can reach out to us. And that goes straight to me where I can answer any questions you have. And if you want to get more involved, um, we'll be able to do that as well. Sure. And I can speak
2: firsthand. I already have subscribed to the mailing list. It took about 20 seconds. It was very easy.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's right there when you go to the homepage. So, yeah, we're
0: trying. It's literally a giant red button, folks. You can't. And
1: uh, we are going to be, you know, updating the website as we go. Right now, we just have a landing page pretty much in a contact form. Um, But it's something where we can kind of point people to at this
0: point. Sure. Well, that's, I mean, listen, it all sounds great to me. Um, You know, this is obviously going to be the long game. Uh, This doesn't need to get done next week. Um, I, you know, uh, number one, I want to say, as this project goes forward, I would love to have you on uh, again so that we can talk about it as it it progresses. Because I think this is a super interesting idea. And, you know, like what better family activity would there be than, you know, heading down to a board game museum. That just sounds awesome to me. Um, as a big fan of the video game hall of fame, um, which I still haven't gone to, I need to fix that. Um, a board game hall of fame sounds pretty awesome to me. Um, can't wait to see what gets put in there. Um, are you, it, it, but, but it, while I, before I, I'm going to interrupt my gushing, um, <laughs> let's, so, um, cause I, another thing popped into my head. You're going to have a monopoly exhibit, right?
1: Um, I think Monopoly will be in the museum. I don't know if it'll have an entire exhibit. That's, um, but I think I definitely, if we could get like
0: an, I think you and I are probably meaning to exhibit in a very different way. I mean, like it's going to have a presence. Like we're not going to erase it.
1: Oh no, no. We're going to welcome it. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, acknowledge that it existed and does exist and um, how it definitely changed the industry. That's for sure.
0: Sure. I mean, I read a book. What was the book? I, I, I actually I, re- I took it out of a local library and it was a story about, you know, it's it's obvious, like crazy history. Um, you know, it'd be interesting if you could get your hands on one of the old, 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 you know, pre Monopoly versions. Who knows? Who knows? The sky's the limit on this. Right. Like, who knows what when you fi- build when you <coughs> have a door that people can shove stuff in. You never you know you know what I mean like this is how museums work. you really don't know what artifacts people have and are willing to part ways with when they know right. that it's gonna go somewhere useful and be taken care of by someone who is responsible um right. and clearly you have demonstrated a passion for board games you're not doing this for profit right like you're doing this because this is what you have to do and because it's something that needs to exist so you never know this is going to be crazy linda right like in three four years when this is you know shaping up like we're you know what i mean it's going to be crazy we're going to walk through these doors and it's going to be amazing i can't wait um and and you know i
1: i i don't you know i think a lot of museums you know not sometimes the founders aren't necessarily passionate about what the museum celebrates. And, you know, with our museum, it's purely coming out of passion and, you know, uh, gamers coming together to create something that will last um, more than our lifetime um, to preserve games and celebrate games and uh, celebrate this awesome hobby. I'm a part of
0: love it. Absolutely love it. That's a, that's a real good way to kind of button all that up. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to come visit it. Plus, I hear St. Louis has some good barbecue. I, and um, you can't <laughs> see me, but I, I don't turn down good food. Um, so I'll
1: recommend one to you. Oh, listen, okay. So.
0: Well, yeah, let me hear it. Let me hear. Where am I supposed to go?
1: So most people oh. say Pappy's Smokehouse. Okay. I I would recommend Honey Pit Barbecue.
0: Honey and Pit?
1: Honey I'm Pit. writing it down.
0: Okay. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Linda.
1: It's really, <laughs> really good. And it's okay. it's okay. new, and it's oh. uh, it's um I've been impressed, that's for sure.
0: Fair enough. Listen, I mean discerning tastes. I gotta listen to the locals. Um, so, the, and the, here's the good news. The good news is now that we know there's good barbecue there, and we have a recommendation from a local, that means that John will come with us. It works. So, I mean, we and then family road trip. And then, exactly, then it turns into a family road trip, and then it's not just work. We can, you know, it's we can th- listen. Um, <laughs> this is a this is an important part of what Linda and I do is we figure out ways to manipulate our families to come with us so that we don't feel bad that we're abandoning them. This is literally this is this is the strategy. <laughs> we just do right. it while we're being recorded because we're dumb, and well, I'm dumb. Linda's not dumb. I was going to say,
2: I didn't spill the beans on this. (laughs) Um,
0: Mainly um, it's for the lulls. I mean, you know, it's just, sometimes you just got to make people laugh, even if it makes you look stupid. Uh, That's like my philosophy behind life. So Aaron, it has been a pleasure having you on our show. Uh, You've been a great guest.
1: This has been so much fun, and I, 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 I rarely do interviews where there's two people interviewing me, and I love – I just love it. I've I, I loved this experience, and I really appreciate you inviting me to be on this show.
0: Well, listen, um, we love having guests back. Um, so anytime you have – if you decide to do some other board game project, maybe you decide to, like, open a board game-themed restaurant or something, I don't know. At this point, the sky's the limit with you because uh, you don't like being bored. And you're going to be done with this book eventually. Um, (laughs) Yep. By all means, if you have more board game crap that you want to uh, uh, promote, I I want you to come on the show. So please send me a Facebook message, okay?
1: Sounds great. That sounds like a plan.
0: All right. So, folks, that has been episode 150 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as the three of us enjoyed recording it. Uh, We're going to be back next week. Um, It's going to be another board game week. Bump bump bum, because Linda is going to the B-Fig, and so is uh, one Rob Collegian. So the three of us are going to come, and I'm going to talk to them about the games that they saw, um, and then it'll probably be back to alternating. So next full, full disclosure, next week, going to be board games again. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited, because unfortunately I'm missing B-Fig for the first time in several years, um, but I have a wedding to go to, and I couldn't get out of it. I tried really hard, Aaron. I tried. Oh, did you? (laughs) I was like, honey, it's for work. It's for work. This is my job. Engage family gaming is. And she was like, "Uh uh-huh. It's a family wedding. I'm not going alone. But honey, it's for work. So you, so what you're saying is you want to spend more time with Linda than with me?
1: Oh, wow.
0: At which point I was like, nope, going to the wedding. Going to the wedding. (laughs) Um, No disrespect, Linda. Um, but I wasn't, wasn't going to catch a beatdown. Um, not a literal one, but she is Italian. She'd let me have it. Um, the general uh, doesn't put up with uh, with that kind of, you know, malfeasance. So, um, so next week, <laughs> board games again, specifically B-Fig. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely keep your eyes out on that. I do have one favor for everybody. Um, so everybody knows somebody who needs to listen to this show. They don't know that they need to listen to this show, maybe, but you know that they need to listen to this show. Do what you got to do, politely, to put it in front of them. Send them the link in Facebook. Send them in Twitter. I don't know. Write it, in, you know, write it on a napkin and leave it on their desk. Don't really care. Engagefamilygaming.com dot slash podcast. Um, get it in front of them. The goal is we're just trying to grow our audience. Bigger audience means we can do bigger things. Maybe we can do live shows at conventions. Maybe we get to go do more stuff. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a live show at the National Board Game Museum when they open. Who knows? Right? Obviously, we got to be big to do that. So help us out. Put our name in front of uh, one person this week. Just one. Don't go crazy. All right? Um, So thank you very much for that. With all that said, this is Stephen and Linda and Aaron. We're signing off. And uh, we want to remind you to don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next
0: week. Um, and with that, this is Steven and Linda and Aaron. We're signing off this week and we want to remind you to make sure that you get, that you get, sorry, John, how do I screw up the ending? I haven't screwed up the ending of this podcast in like a month, more than that, like months. I've never screwed that up. Okay. So how did I screw up the closing <laughs> of all the things to screw up? Aaron, you got to believe me. I know that it's weird. To, of course, I'm gonna say no. This never happens. But
1: I mean, uh, your track record is not that great with me. So I know,
0: right? I, <laughs> I mean, you've you've lost all. I've lost all credibility. I've never oh. screwed up the closing since I wrote it down. <laughs> I literally have a script.
1: <laughs> oh man.